Why, hello, everyone. Now, you see, the Chili Crew has not been able to meet like they normally do, so we've been forced to make episodes based upon some of our live casts we've done on the Facebooks. Now, I may not understand all the technical know-how and terminology, but I believe one of the Chili Crew has informed me that because they're taking these episodes from their live cast, some of the audio might sound like it's coming from a rotary phone. I don't see what the problem is. Rotary sounded absolutely fine to me. Oh, right, right. So anyway, please forgive some of the uh, uh, breaks and conversations that you might run into from time to time. And by the way, if you'd like to join the conversation, they go live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Listen, we've been praying for all of you, and we hope that all of you are staying safe and staying healthy. And until we meet again, please keep the conversation going. We love you and enjoy. We had to give up. This does take a little bit of a backstory before we jump in headfirst. Eric Nevins was kind enough last week to engage us with a very serious question. And that question had to do with, in his words, unity in the church. And the church, as in capital C, as in God's church, right? And we kind of jumped at it, but we gave kind of like a seven to 10 minute answer. And we all kind of just, but all of us on Biblical Chili, we kind of felt it really, we didn't give it the the attention it really needed because this is a this is a pretty large topic uh without further ado i'm gonna say a quick word of prayer and we're gonna dive in and tackle this head first dear heavenly father we thank you for this time together uh, we pray lord that you'll please be with us send your holy spirit give us wisdom and guidance and uh, please protect us all from any distraction and also for those who uh, may be suffering from the current uh, events that are going on father i pray that your will will be done and others will come to you father we love you so much, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Amen. again, I'm, I apologize for kind of all the preamble that I'm given here, but the question was about church unity and what it would take to basically have church church unity. We kind of got discussing about it, and we're, we didn't like the word unity, so we're going to stick with the word harmony, and hopefully we'll get over and kind of discuss what that actually means. As far as churches, I'm going to answer the question as to uh, why there are so many denominations. I'm going to give a, a very quick, hopefully very brief, history of the Christian church and what ended, inevitably what ended up happening in the Christian church. So a brief history of the Christian church. So what ended up happening is Jesus ascended into heaven, 30-something AD, I believe it was 36 AD, and he ascended into heaven. Afterward, all of the disciples went around and, and the Pentecost happened. I mean, you guys read this in much of what happened in the book of Acts. Wonderful, wonderful story of what happened and how the Lord affected the world in that manner. Christianity, for about the next two or three hundred years, started to explode. All over uh, in, in that region, uh, started to explode huge. And even in Rome, it was exploding. Then eventually, Rome, and if you guys don't understand what happened in Rome during those times... The Roman government deemed it their responsibility to the government deemed it their responsibility. I want to emphasize that, that they were to uphold the appeasement of the gods. 
And what ended up happening is if there was even the slightest famine or if there's a problem in the land, the Christians got blamed because the Christians refused at that time. They refused, obviously, to worship the false gods because they were Christian. And moving forward a little bit. So Christianity en ended up becoming illegal. And then this is during the time of, you know, the Christians to the lions and Christians were, mar I mean, I, I would recommend anybody pick up the book, uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's, is, it's a little, uh, it's not PG, we'll put it that way, but Fox's Book of Martyrs talks a lot about the early church and just uh, in the later church and the Reformation and just people who basically gave their lives for cause of Christ and to reach other people with Christ. Basically, the the church was still growing for every Christian that they killed uh, because the Christians were dying in such amazing ways. They were singing and praising, praising the Lord. So for every Christian killed, four would come on board because the pagans had never seen people so joyous and so happy. Around, I believe it was 400 AD, around 425 AD, two main characters came into play here, Constantine and I'm sorry, uh, Justinian and then Constantine later on. He conquered Rome. He was just a general and this was his own personal thing. It has nothing to really do with Christianity outside of he claimed that the, at the time, illegal Christian God gave him the victory. And then after he ended up becoming victorious, he made Christianity the, eventually, the church of the state and made it legal again. But then Christianity became popular. And that's where Christianity started becoming, you know, started having problems. Where Christianity was popular, so we had all of the, this huge influx of thousands of pagans with their pagan traditions and pagan beliefs and so forth coming into the Christian church and influencing the church with their pagan ideas. And so a lot of different things started happening. That's why there are some churches who have stuff like statues, and it was actually originally the statue of Jupiter, but now they relabeled it, and it's now the statue of, uh, I believe it's the Apostle Paul. A lot of these type of things started happening, and so the, the pagans were actually influencing God's church. So then, fast forward about, I don't know, 1,300 years or so, when we come to the Reformation, the, the Protestant Reformation, when people started standing up for the Word of God. And this is where it comes in. Now, remember, I'm trying to answer the question, why do we have so many denominations? This is kind of where it all stemmed, was during, actually post, I would say, post-Protestant Reformation. There were people before Martin Luther. Martin Luther is the most commonly known one, you know, banging his 95 theses on, on the, the door of Wittenberg, you know, trying to debate the people, and he got in a whole bunch of big trouble, and da 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 People started following Luther's ideas, which Luther's primary idea was, he read the Word of God, and he said, Okay, the Bible actually does not say that we gain our salvation from the church. The Bible says that we gain our salvation, we gain our salvation through grace, uh, or, I'm sorry, by grace through faith, which is what he found out. He read it in the Bible, and that's what he found out. So truth was marching forward because before this was actually called the Dark Ages. That's why I said the Dark Ages about 1,300 years or so. And it was the Dark Ages because, before Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation, it was called the Dark Ages because the Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Bible was not allowed to be given to the common people during this time. So when, and by the way, Luther was actually a, uh, a monk. He was actually a, a monk of the time, and he went away from, right, he went away from what 
he was taught and he said, well, why, don't, why can't I just read the Bible for myself and start teaching out of the Bible? So then after that, people basically, this is what happened. People started following Luther and then people, and then Luther ended up dying. All of the people that were following Luther basically planted their flag. We are now Lutherans. Now I'm not getting into denominational differences or anything, but what I'm saying is, is the truth came out and God was doing, God was doing this, by the way, God was trying to give people truth, but like human beings always do, we like to stop and sit, like sitting on an egg to wait for it to hatch, to see what it's going to turn into. We like to sit and sit and stop. Another truth came out and there, there were other people. There was like Wesley, John Wesley, and there were eventually came out like the Baptists ended up coming out and they found out a whole lot of information and then more truth came out. And basically what ended up happening is these little pieces of truth that the church was hiding or was not teaching people stopped. Like they would go forward and then stop and go forward and stop. Now I'm not saying all those denominations are stopped now because many of them are moving forward. Still, they're still seeking truth. But that's why we have so many denominations, okay? That's just kind of a, a, trying to give like a little bit of a foundation. The truth was marching forward and God was revealing the truth that, that, it, that has been lost for the last, you know, 1,500 years or so, 1,600 years. And that's why today, and there's a little bit different reason today why we have more denominations. Today we have roughly 33,000 denominations. Actually, I believe it's over 33,000 denominations. But the reason we have that is because let's say, hey, Tom, you want to start uh, Top Hat Tom Church, right? And you can only come to this church with a top hat on. And so you want to start Top Hat Tom Church. But guess what? There is no original. Hey, don't knock it till we try it. Come on now. <laughs> so there, there's no original denomination called Top Hat Tom. So guess what Tom has to do? In order to be, have a 5013C, oh, 5013C uh, uh, status, tax-exempt status, to be a church, he would have to actually create his own denomination. So that's why we have so many denominations today. It, with that base level, and all I'm trying to do, guys, is, is give us a base level. There's so many denominations, not because we were fighting and we all split up, but because we all lost the truth and the Lord was revealing the truth step by step and we got stuck on certain truths. And then obviously we, we plant our flags and we say, hey, here's another denomination. Here's another one. Here's another one. 10 minute rant on, on the church history. Uh, but with that said, so let, let's let's move forward a little bit. I know, Tom, how about you give us that de definition of a denomination? We'll, we'll, we'll backstep just a little bit. Sure. Church. Definition of a church. Because that's one thing all the de denominations have in common is church. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as buildings or also, hierarchy of the church leadership. Yeah. Well, uh, it's translated from the Greek, though. Uh, ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. And when it's translated from that Greek word, it means people assembled. Just a group of people. Denom denomination that we're talking about, um, everyone's denominations. It's a recognized autonomous branch of the Christian church. And you mentioned over 33,000 of them. And I'm glad you mentioned like the whole Top Hat Tom thing. But three quarters of that over 33,000 are all independents. 
they're all independent churches. I think it's interesting. I did some studies. I got some really well put out notes, but it just goes into how many different uh, traditional denominations there are. But uh, that's not quite what we're going to get into. But there's a, out, of, out of that many, man, you you got to think that there's uh, some kind of distension in ranks. What was that? I just need to throw in one thing. Sure. You had you said there was thirty three thousand denominations, and oh. some of those are independent. Tom, the biggest question right there is why? Why are there independent churches? I mean, we have an independent church in our community. We talked about this earlier. I think we're going to talk about this another time. <laughs> But what? Why? Why did that happen? I did. Those are the big questions, right? Well, how about how about we let's? That's a great segue. How about we se- segue right into that? The first question we'll go ahead and bring up, which is, <laughs> why is there such a division in the churches? Now, mind you, once again, just to kind of let some rules lay down, we're trying to use the word harmony here. So we're specifically mm-hmm. saying harmony, not unity, in the church. Hot word. And ooh, yeah, hot button. And we also want to make sure we do not stick to denominate specific denominational affiliation. This is just about the harmony and and what's going on. Okay, because I, I I know when Mike gets on the mic, we gotta. Oh, oh I I can fall asleep here. He's gonna preach a sermon. <laughs> we can so, we can go get something to eat. <laughs> love you, man. Um, um, why is there such division in the church? Now, Justin, you and I talked a little off camera about this, about how um, it, it's like going to, to school. You know, you're, we're all in the school, we're all learning, we're all in the same camp, but we're all interested in different things. There's uh, um, on our, our podcast we, we that we have, um, you can look it up anywhere, iTunes, you know, shameless plug. Called um, Biblical Chili. I, yep. Uh, um, we talk, we talk about how people's, they speak different languages. They, you know, um, in, in acts when, uh, they each were gifted differently, you know, it, it talks about how, uh, everybody has different spiritual gifts, um, not fruits, but gifts. <laughs> oh, listen to the podcast. You'll get it later. <laughs> Um, I, I believe the episode is just called uh, "Gifts of the Gifts Spirit. of the Spirit." I think that's just what. Yeah. <laughs> People are interested in in what what, what they gravitate to. If, if somebody likes likes French, they like to speak French. They, they join French club. If someone likes to play football, they'll go join the football team. They're all in the same. They're all in the same school. They're all learning the same stuff. Chess club. Chess club, yes, chess club. Chess you know, club. and and what? much like division in the church, the 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 football players would stuff the chess players into the lockers. Don't forget the band you know, guys. Don't forget the band guys. And, and, and you know, so I'm not gonna like put put denominational labels to any of these, but you can play it through in your head so and and picture the bullies that are pushing the the little guys into the lockers. I and, think I and, think uh, the top hat Tom Church was the one that got stuck. <laughs> Oh a, a lot <laughs> but i think that's why there's such a division is that there's uh it, it, it's just a, a they gravitate towards their crowd their crew of people i i started going to praxis that's where my my wife goes 
So I went there and that's where I found my, 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 my brotherhood there, Justin, I met you there too, you know, and they just speak the language. So you, so you go there, you understand, you know, they, they, where you go where God leads you to. That's my, in a nutshell answer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nutshell. Come on. Nutshell. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're up. I'm up. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Why is there so much division in the church? Nutshell. You ready? Cause the devil has been around for a long time and he ain't stupid. Uh, <laughs> I love how he said it, infallible humans, okay? Uh, uh, We're not smart enough to mess with the devil on our own. And when we try to change things and and we go after things of our own accord, devil says, yeah, yeah, that thing right there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you go that way, you go that way. And so, yeah, that's where a lot of the dissension, a lot of the differences come from is because we start either fighting amongst ourselves and it gets to such an extreme where we, we go two different ways or we, we decide to, you know, put ourselves first and the devil's like, yeah, that that's a good direction to go, go for that. And then, so we, we go after our feelings instead of the feelings of God. And so it creates all these different dissensions, different places to go. If he can create the divisions uh, and then, Hey, He's won. He's won the battle. That's what his ultimate goal is. His ultimate goal is to win that battle. So yeah, that's that's my little because uh, to me, he's done so much damage to you know the church, to to friends, to family, to people that I love, and and people even that I don't love. You know, even my enemies. I wouldn't want to see my worst enemy go the direction that they're going. And and you know that's where I see he's done the most damage is in God's church itself. So other people that are looking at God's church, you know, they, they go, ah, that's not real. Look at us. You know, I love it. Go ahead, man. I got, I got a couple of comments here before anybody jumps on. Uh, we got Ron again. Thank you again. Uh, we must remember we are to cheer for our brothers and sisters that proclaim Jesus. We are not McDonald's and Burger King. We must remember we are all in the business of feeding people. When one church grows, all other churches should rejoice okay i'm just gonna throw i'm just gonna throw one thing out there okay can you put his comment back up there justin yes i can um eric think about think about what he just said think about jesus when his ministry was going and how um the pharisees the sadducees all of those guys there was power involved you can't tell me there wasn't um, oh, so they, they thought that he came. They thought that he came for a revolution, and then they thought they found out that he was calling himself God's son. And then, you know, it's like, okay, no, this guy's got to go. This is power. We're not going to listen to this. We're going to lose power. They were all about losing power. And let me come back now. I see Justin. I see your face. Maybe I'm not getting it through to you, but let me go to this. A lot of times. And Mike, I agree with what you said. This is Satan stirring the pot, always stirring the pot. Churches, denominations get caught up on words sometimes. I don't agree on those things. So what we do is we end up, there's a rivalry going on, right? There's a rivalry going on right here in our county between churches, some churches, not all. But I think this group of five people here, are an example of people who can come together and talk about what the truth is, the real truth. 
and cheer each other on, cheer our, our churches on. But this is what this is what I'm going to say. I'm coming from a different perspective. I'm up on my high horse here. I'm looking at this from the people who don't go to church. They're looking from the outside and they see what goes on between the denominations and the churches and the people within the church. And they don't want any part of that. So 33,000 denominations and independent churches. I think that's where that comes from. People don't want to go to those churches. They don't feel comfortable there because they're not, they're not welcoming in someone who needs them, not the building, the people there. They're not welcoming these people in there and making them feel comfortable and teaching them and feeding them as Pastor Ron, I think that's Pastor Ron, yep. uh, as he was saying, feeding them. He's, they're more, it's got to be the way they say it should be like mike i'm not picking on you just so you know okay when i was raised when i was raised it was a suit and tie church suit and tie church uh and if you showed up and you didn't have a suit and tie on people didn't look at you the way they should look at you they weren't welcoming but i think there are some churches that are getting it they're meeting people out in the parking lot they're greeting them people are feeling comfortable that's what they want. They remember those things and they'll come back. Kindness, love. I don't want to say, I don't want to say long suffering because I think we've long suffered through my rant. <laughs> I'm no, just I saying these, these are some of the problems I see. And these are some of the problems that the people I work with see. They don't want any part of it. And that's where your churches pop up, a church for people who don't like church. I mean, I love saying that, Tom. <laughs> but we had a couple other hands. We had Mike and we had Sully. Well, this is the way I look at it. I was just actually watching a TV show and they go on a long trip and they're only allowed to bring one book. Now, majority of us would bring one book on the podcast and that's still a Bible. It's no matter if it's King James or if it's actually whatever version the normal the new testament or whatever it's still a bible <laughs> you know what i mean i don't really care what it is i don't understand why we're not going hey oh you read that book too okay come on it i just don't understand i don't even care if you're buddhist or islam or whatever you know you can still we can have a conversation it's just we can agree to disagree it's what we you what is the term we're using unity yeah we're trying to stick with no we're trying to stick with harmony harmony oh harmony harmony not unity. Harmony. harmony okay uh, my bad i mean it's just still it's all what was it some guy actually brought this up to me and i like this idea i like the idea of having a bridge between because I'm sorry, religion and politics go hand in hand. A republic is able to go sit and on a top of a bridge and talk to a Democrat, and they're able to have their differences, you know, with a table in between them. And they're able to have drinks and talk and not have like a big dispute. Because if you don't understand, like, hey, let's go about your way, you go my way, and we'll. <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. I'm, 
I'm not sure that's you know, what you meant. <laughs> no, but you know, you go your way, I'll go mine, and we'll call it a day, and you can have your way, and I'll have mine, and we'll just go about our days. I mean, I don't understand why we can't just do that. I really don't. Why can't we all just get along? Mike, did oh, I lost him. He froze. He's back. Mike, did you want to chime in on that for a minute? I'm popping everything on and off here. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to jump back over here to Wayne. He he made a statement that I was talking to somebody just earlier about, and that is uh, the suit and tie. Okay, I wear a suit and tie to church. Okay, I sing in the choir. Okay, I can afford a suit. I can afford a tie. I can look at that stuff. That To me, that's my best. That's what I give God. I don't wear it for anything else. I wear it to go to church in because that's my best outfit that I own. That's that's something precious to me. That's what I give to God. That's what the whole concept was all about back in the day when people were wearing a suit and a tie. It was a big deal to dress up in your Sunday best because you were doing it for the Lord. That's where that came from. Now, when people start getting into this, well, if you don't have a suit and tie, if you don't have a tie on, you can't come in the building. Show that to me in the Bible. It's not there. Okay, so I hope yes, that's I, him we're I, losing, not me. I don't think so. Yep. Am I on here or no? Yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So so my biggest point is it's not it's not with the the what you're wearing. I mean, if you're wearing your best you got, if it's if it's a run bunch of rags, but that's all you got and it's the best rags you got. Because you're you're wearing what you feel is the best you have on. You know what? You're giving everything you have. Just like the, the widow that gave all of her pence. She gave more than everybody else did in the building. Right. If you're wearing your best and putting your best foot forward because you're trying to do your best for the Lord, he looks on the heart, not on the outside. Okay? So if the pastor's wearing a suit and tie and that's what the pastor feels is his best for Sunday mornings, then that's what the pastor needs to be wearing. If if people come in the door and they're not wearing a suit and tie because they can't afford it, I'm not going to look bad on them. I don't I don't like the the fact that where these churches have gone. I, I again, that's where a lot of this stuff is like. How did he put that earlier in that comment? The the humans the the, the what what was the first comment he put on there? Uh, it was uh it was uh, uh yeah it, fallible humans. Okay. Yep. That's it. It all yep. boils down to that. And, and that's, you know, when it comes to the devil, he gets those little tiny little foxes spoil the vine. It's not the big ones. It's the little ones. That's just, the Bible says that the little foxes spoil mm. the vine. They get in there in those little tiny areas. And that's where it all comes from. The, the devil gets into those little spots. Boop, there it goes. Another division, mm. another person going out, another person creating yeah. another church. I, I Mike, I didn't hear a thing that you said. I was getting feedback while you were talking, but I get I get the suit thing and wearing your Sunday's best. I, I get all of that. I've got a cousin. I asked him about it. He said almost the exact same thing that I did here. This is what I do for God. I wear my best. But my whole point as I was growing up, if that keeps someone, if that's a barrier to someone, if that makes someone feel less when they come there, and you guys would not ever do that. You wouldn't want anyone to feel lesser because they didn't, weren't wearing what you were wearing. You would still be welcoming. I'm just saying everybody should be welcome. 
regardless of what they're wearing. And if that becomes a uniform for a church, then that's the problem I have. That's well, the problem I have. That's a good segue. Again, Wayne, you you are perfectly sliding us into the next question here again. Yeah, that's a segue. You got two good points here. Okay. <laughs> here's here's another one because you guys are talking about uh, in the church and you know people feeling comfortable. Okay, so is everyone welcome in the church? And if not, why? And what could we do to help fix that? Now, I'm I'm going to lay a little bit of a ground here to give mine right off the bat. The reason I wanted to bring this one up or one similar to this, which I appreciate everybody uh, with their inputs, is I just got done watching a uh, a short video by Little Light Studios, and they were interviewing somebody from Coming Out Ministries. And the short, short version is, is he was taught, he gave many, many, many instances of people and churches that were trying to reach the L LGBT community and he basically, the short version is, and I, say, I hate saying that, I hate saying that. He said, we keep on, or we were the ones who actually have pushed the LGBT out of our churches. We were the ones that did that. That's why they're not there now. And he said, because we didn't know how to deal with them. And he said, many people who are in those situations, they don't want to be fixed. They just want to know the love of Christ. They just want someone to be there for them. And he gave instance after instance of, because he was the one that posed this question is, is everybody actually welcome in the church? And he, you know, and he, his, you know, little preface was including LGBT. What he said, like there was one instance where they were doing a, a coming out ministry, uh, like sermon type of thing or, or presentations and stuff. And during the day when they did that, the members of the church went out there and gave the protesters, they were protesters outside their church saying that, that what they're doing is a da 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 and, and you know, there was, the protesters were not happy that they were there. They went out there and they fed the protesters. When it was lunchtime and the church was having lunchtime, the pastor went out there and was trying to invite people, hey, come on in, we got, some, we got food for you if you want. Um, you can sit down and listen to the thing, but we just, we want you guys to be okay. One of the, one of the guys that was there, he was like, this is, it is my responsibility to hold this flag. It was LGBT flag. It is my responsibility to hold this flag. The pastor of the church, let me just... This is the, the groundwork here. The pastor of the church said, go get something to eat. I will hold your flag. Now, let me ask you something. Is that welcoming or what? Mm. Now, the pastor was not endorsing, but he was welcoming. And at, after that whole seminar and stuff, all of the LGBT members that were out there protesting commented on the church's Facebook. And they said, I think you guys just showed us the true love of Christ because they were welcoming they weren't shutting their doors i i know i spoke on this a little bit last week um jesus said clearly that, that he is the way i am the way the truth and the life directed to sully i think that you're right people from different belief systems can come together and talk i feel that if they were to do what it says here in james um thanks eric for that i see that uh he posted to, re to read in james uh thoroughly Chapter 1, verse 19, this is where I'm going to start reading. And this goes right off of what, like what you were saying. Is everyone welcome in the church? And if not, what can we do to fix that? This verse here, this, this section, it reads, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. <laughs> That's Sometimes I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've never gotten that one, even when I first heard it when I was a kid, because I, I, I'm like, I walk away from the mirror. I forget what I look like. I have no idea. I, I couldn't describe myself to somebody standing next to him. That's probably right. a good thing. So, so going into a church setting, going into any kind of a conversation, if you go in, just got done with a, philo- uh, a psychology class, and if you go in with uh, intent to get your point across, you're not willing to listen at all. You're wanting to show up, deliver your message, and you're not willing to absorb anything. So I think that even if we're already in the church, especially if we're already in the church, that's the point that we have to take. That's the stance that we have to take uh, to help fix that. People come in, they especially new people that come in, they're, they're not sure. They're unsure of everything around them. They don't know anybody. Those that they do know, they're going to cling to, and they're going to be so out of their element that they're not willing or their, their guards are up, so they're not able to listen to whatever God has to say. They're not able to quiet themselves enough to listen to the message that's being said. I went to to Mike's church about a couple months ago, and we snuck in, sat in the back row to listen. His pastor made a good point in that if you don't really know God, anything that you hear from anything that you hear from the pulpit isn't going to make a lot of sense to you because we're speaking different languages. You're going to show up and you're going to be like, "Oh, this is really cool and all, but I don't get it." I don't understand and until you, you you develop that relationship. And if that relationship doesn't start in the pew, it, it starts right here. You know, you see what I'm I'm looking down, not looking at the camera. I'm reading. It starts right here. You, you, you pray, you read. Google is an awesome, uh, awesome uh, help because if you don't know what to read about, Google it and I'll tell you a verse to go read. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to, to bring it... <laughs> To, to, to bring it back through, uh, is everyone welcome in the church? Everybody is welcome. And it's our duty as churchgoers, as church members, to make them feel welcome. You know, it's, it, especially you see them setting off to the side. Don't take everybody over there and, and rush them because they're going to be, you know, confrontational. and be like, oh, back up, everybody. I'm not drinking Kool-Aid today, okay? Yeah. No, no. Bubble, but do bubble. Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> do your best to extend your hand. Let them know that, that they're in a safe environment, that they don't have to be afraid or nervous and on edge, and that we're happy to see them, genuinely happy to, to see them there with us. When it comes to uh, the LGBT movement and stuff like that, and, and a lot of those, there's a lot of folks out there that are struggling. And I mean, it's a small majority of the population here, but in other countries, it's more. And I think a lot of, uh, I've actually dealt, with some of these folks firsthand. And so I understand a little bit more of how to reach out to these folks. And so it's, there is some people that struggle. And I love how you said, we, we 
uh, don't know how to deal with it. And, and that's where a lot of the churches were at. They just didn't know how to deal with what these folks' problems were. They didn't know how to respond. And honestly, that's, that's the Christian community's fault. Yep. The Bible says we're supposed to be ready to give an answer. And when people have problems and they have a situation, they might not want to be fixed, but we need to know how to answer them. And telling them, well, you're going to hell because of what you're doing. Um, that's not a way to catch them. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, you know, it, way to put a positive spin on it. You know, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, there's, there's, you, you can put positivity on it. You can be truthful with them, but there's a fine line in, be in between. It's called a balance. Okay. I love how we're on this topic. It's a balance between mercy and truth. And you have to find that balance. And when you find that balance between mercy and truth, you'll find that that's how Jesus responded and respected and, and acted towards a lot of the people in his time that like a tax collector, everybody hated the tax collectors, but yet he found ways to get to their heart. Right. And, and he found ways to talk to them directly right where they were at. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a Christian community is showing them the love of Christ the right way. But if a person's driving down the road and they're heading for a bridge that's out and they're, they're just trucking along and you're their last help and you don't say, Hey, there's a bridge out there. That's our job, right? Our job is to let them know there's a bridge out down the road. You need to stop. You need to let them know, but you got to do that. You know, whatever way you can, to let them know that there's a bridge out. If they still decide to drive off the bridge, that's their choice. Okay. And we cannot physically stop them. Then we would be going back in time, like the uh, churches of old, uh, the political churches and saying, we're stopping you whether you want to or not. Okay. We can't do that. That's not how God designed his church. And that's exactly, again, it falls back on to uh, where, where we're at and how can we fix these things? I'll tell you what, I, I know a lot of ways we can fix these things. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I think is start with me. I need to start with myself and make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in any situation I have. If there's a situation God opens the opportunity for me to love on a person, then I need to love on him. If he, he opens the door for me to talk to people, I need to take care of my, that's why I love independent, okay, thought process. Okay, so because that's where I believe God is. He's, he's an independent, he's my God, and I'm, I'm responsible for my actions. And that's how it flows into the, the church community as well. If we're doing what we're supposed to be doing ourselves, then all of a sudden it starts pouring out. And you look at the Great Awakening, okay? The first Great Awakening in our country and then in this region. And there started out, I believe, with two, I think it was two or three ladies. Two or three ladies wanting to have prayer. And they just started praying. And next thing you know, some other people started praying with them. And next thing you know, some other people started praying with them. And next thing you know, is more people. And next thing you know, the country lit on fire. 
it was amazing. But it all started with a small group. Uh, Ron has joined us again. Uh, never a good idea to use the Bible as a hammer. Agreed. I love that. Uh, especially if they don't believe it. Love and accept people. Let them grow into the crown Jesus has given them. Uh, accept others. Uh, accept, accept others, the people, not the sin. Then love them, shine light. Excellent. Okay, so Wayne, go Amen. ahead and jump in there. He kind of stole my thunder a little bit. All, one of the things that I was going to say is just this. We have all sinned and fallen short. We are all sinners. And getting back to what Mike said about people sitting, maybe there was Tom, people sitting in church and listening to uh, scripture, and they've never heard it before. Understand. The Bible says the carnal mind does not understand. They don't understand it. So what do you do? We love on them. We show love towards them. And, and how many of us can raise our hand and say they remember somebody who reached out to them or reached out to me or encouraged me? And we'll never forget those people. And as far as fixing people, that's not our job. We are seed if, planters. If the question was misunderstood, it's not about fixing people. No, no, no. It's about the I know. situation. Oh, okay, okay. No, it was brought up. It was brought up, and I just oh, want okay, to address okay. that. We're not there to fix people. We're there to love them, to give wisdom, to give mercy, and to to help them in any way we possibly can. Raising the flag, unbelievable. And guess what? It was unorthodox, but it worked. He showed God's love. And, and we have a model. Jesus is the model. I mean, it's it's baffles me, uh, the people hung out with, man. I mean, we would say, what are you doing hanging out there? Well, that's where Jesus would be. In my mind, that's where he'd be. Where would he be? He would be, those, he would be, would be with those people. And I say those, and I don't even like that. I don't even say, I don't like saying that term. We love them. That's our job. We plant seeds. We reach out. We do the right things according to God's word. But if we start getting hammered, if we do the hammer thing, that's not going to work. It just doesn't work. We love them in. Yep. We love them in. That's we don't awesome. plunge them in. We don't plunge them or hammer them in. We love them in. And we yep. accept them. And is, it, is everybody welcome? Yes. Yes. Meet them in the parking lot. Show them God's love. Show them what it looks like. We remember people that have done that for us. We do. And that's how you, people see Christ. Mike's talk there, he uh, reminded me of Tony Robbins. If you look up any Promise Keepers uh, videos, you'll hear Tony Robbins saying this. He said, if you want to live in a godly country, it has to be comprised of godly leaders. And those mm -hmm. godly leaders come from godly communities. Those godly communities are built with godly churches. The godly churches are built with godly men and women. And those men and women are started at home. So it all starts at home. Tony We're Evans. all connected. Tony Evans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very awesome. good. Very good. Okay. I like can I just throw one in one more comment. Yep. Remember the old show, Cheers? Remember the old show, Cheers? Man. That song, We Want to Go Where Everybody Knows Our Name? That's they're going to a pub because everybody knows their name and they greet them when they come in. This is what the church should be. This is what we should hear when we come in the door. 
Mike. <laughs> was, we want to know where knows our name. Wasn't it Cummins Church, just a church just down the road from us, that when the, the tornado tore it apart, they met, they held church at the bar? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I remember Stylemeyer used to have staff meetings up at the the saloon. They want to go there. They want to reach out to everybody. Let everybody mm. know. That's for everybody. Okay. So if I can jump in with, with just a couple more questions, they're kind of interlinked. So I, I just kind of put it in here. We were talking, we're talking about the harmony in different denominational harmony, church harmony, etc. A couple of questions, and I think they're interlinked. You can kind of correct me if I'm wrong. Can we agree to disagree on issues for the sake of the Great Commission? And then I would also toss this one in there. If we were to band together fully, would there be compromise or would there be need for compromise? So this has to do with compromising. And this also has to do with, can we just agree to disagree? Hold on. I, I do have one comment, Tom, before you jump in there. Uh, Ron once again says, uh, fishers of men, not cleaners of fish. <laughs> That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love this. Uh, we can show others. I find him with that stuff. Oh, uh, we can show <laughs> others uh, how we can clean fish, aka deal with stuff, but it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the work. That is correct. That is actually the Holy Spirit's job. That is awesome. I gotta thank you. Ron. I gotta throw one. I gotta throw one in here. I, I used to say this all the time. Okay, this is one of the things I look at too. In reference to people coming to church and doing things, I say this to my friends: in order for a person to get, you know, get saved and and change their life, okay, it's just like catching fish. You got to catch the fish before you clean it. In order for a person to actually get changed, have their life changed, they've got to they got to come to the knowledge of Christ first. And that's that's. That's the thing. It's it's all about a relationship, you know. And so but the problem that I find in a lot of churches is we're trying to change. We are trying to change people. It's not our job. Just like he said, we're trying to change. We're trying to to flay them and clean them up. Okay, <laughs> we're trying to do all that and get all the junk off of them and everything else. But the problem is they're not even caught yet. Right. They're not even part of the family. They're not. They're not in the church. They're not in that relationship yet. And and we're trying to do the job of the Holy Spirit. I love that. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Amen. Tom, yeah. Tom, in in lieu of the questions, you have some. Yeah. T two quick things. Uh, growing up, Grandpa always said that um, it's called fishing, not catching. So we're we're out there just fishing. You just get the line wet all day and and not catch a thing, but you still enjoy the the act of it. Two, um, <laughs> for a clarifier. For a clarifier here, can we agree to disagree on issues for the sake of the Great Commission? Now, the Great Commission, for those that are watching, don't understand a word of what the Great Commission is. Wayne, would you like to add insight as to what the Great Commission is? Yeah, I sure would. This is uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He was getting ready to ascend. Let me just read it to you. Uh, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. This was given to the disciples. Jesus met with them, and he spoke these words. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he gave a promise. I will be with you until the end of the age. 
That's a great commission. He was sending them out. And we're part of that as well. Yep. We're part of that as well. So in lieu, in lieu of the question, Tom, are you going to expound on that? Yeah. Can we agree yeah, to so, disagree? In, in this, we have two. So we have, can we agree to disagree? <clears throat> and in agreeing to disagree, are we going to be compromising more or less? So if we, uh, if we can agree to disagree, it would depend. That's a, that's a really like a knife blade you're walking on because there's things that you can't waver on. There, no. there, there, there are aspects and, yeah. and there's a whole realm in that phrase that is just filled with ambiguity. But how do we <laughs> solve that? How do we, solve, how do we know which one, which, which values we have to give on, which ones are we allowed to compromise on? And that's all right in here. <laughs> go to the book. That's it. I don't. The, I don't uh, think you can compromise on God's word. You, you, don't you can't. can't. No. Nope. It is what it is. It God's is what it is. It is what it is. And so anything that's not in here, any anything that was not in our instruction manual, are things that we can compromise on because if it's not scriptural, then it's all of man, and things of man can be compromised on. Correct. Very good point, Tom. Very good. Things I like of that. Man can be compromised on. Amen. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You got to understand this group right here. When we talk about this, we're talking from a perspective that we understand what we're talking about because I'm a Baptist. Tom's a Praxis church. You got Wayne down here. That's that's uh, right, Mennonite, right? Baptist <laughs> slash Mennonite. Right. Okay. And then you, you got, you got, you got Justin over here. That's seventh day Adventist. Okay. And then we got Sully who Talk at, what a are baby you? Christian, a baby Christian that hasn't decided baby Christian. on. He's just, he's just saved. And that's what matters the most when it comes to our perspective on this topic, we are an example of what we're talking about. We're coming together from different perspectives. Yep. We're talking on a topic that I believe is is a good topic to discuss for us right here. And I think we've we've hit the where we were trying to say that, you know, our main enemy is who he is and our main focus is the Bible. And as long as we and I, I, I use us as an example, and I've got to say this, guys, we focus on God's word. Yeah, and that, me is is why we have been on here so long i mean how many i mean how long we've been on here now how many months we've been um, on here? we'll be a year in the end of july right that's that's amazing to me it's awesome we're all friends we have fun we enjoy each other's company in respect to what we're doing and uh, i don't know if i could hang out with wayne all the time but um <laughs> <laughs> But when it yes, when it we're comes in harmony. Topic, we're in <laughs> harmony. When it comes to the Bible, we love to talk about the Bible. We love to talk about God's word because that's the main focus. That's the main drive. And I believe hundred percent that Tom is right when it comes to what we can, what can we sway on, what can we go on. Nothing that's in the Bible can we compromise on. If God said it, that's it. That, I love the red words. You know. That's it's right. it. God said it. That's it. Uh, yeah. Everything else, let God be true and every man a liar. If 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 it's something we made up and if it's something we're struggling on, you know, in churches, whatever, God will take care of us when we get to heaven and tell us how wrong we really were. Okay, but 
that's that's the biggest thing there you know and and i gotta say that i mean we we are on a on a good point here i believe churches can help other churches out do we have to stand up and promote each other i don't i don't think we have to stand up and promote each other's churches but i do believe we need to stand up and promote the gospel and if we're all promoting the gospel then we can stand behind each other on that on that topic of the gospel and and how how salvation is and god will deal with the rest of it when we get to heaven uh, now i would agree with all of you guys on this when it comes to the compromise when it comes to can we agree to disagree and i think i think mike said it perfectly that we are a living testament this group of guys there's there's not just five of us those of you who, who if this is your first time checking out biblical chili especially biblical chili live there's actually eight of us yeah there's there's eight guys so, but we all have funny schedules and obviously stuff is going on. So we, we can't always be together when all eight are together. We've only done that a couple of times. It's nuts. But most of the time it's only about four or five of us, but we are a living, we are a living Testament that we can agree to disagree. And it doesn't, it doesn't harm our relationship together. Uh, the, the reason why the, the whole, if we were band together fully, would there be a compromise? This question kind of, kind of hits me. Because, and this was one reason why we wanted to switch this from, instead of using, we wanted to use the word harmony for a reason, because other words, harmony is like a voluntary thing. In the end of days, there will be a unification in a false religion, and that's one thing that we may have to watch out for when it comes to unity instead of harmony. Because it says that there's going to be false worship, they're going to be forced to worship, and those who don't worship and gain the mark of the beast, their names will be blotted out of the book of life. Right. There's a lot in the book of Revelation that talks about deception in worship. And in fact, if you actually look up the word worship, worshiping, worshipped, uh, worshiper, etc., book of revelation is filled with it. So the only, I guess my only thing with the whole compromise, and I think you guys have hit it on that side. Great. Which is as long as we are sticking to the word of God for what it says, then great. But in that, when it comes to unity, we should never, or when it comes to harmony, we should never compromise just to make that befriending. Like that pastor, like that example of that pastor that I gave, that I brought up, you guys, he, I, th- I thought that was the best example of showing God's love in a very real way. I mean, how many pastors, how many, not even pastors, let's scratch pastors. How many people, Christian people, people who claim the name of Christ, do we know and, and would we do that to say, you know what? No, I want to show you hospitality and love for Christ. I will hold your flag while you go in there for an hour and get something to eat. Take a break. And we actually took over the picket line. I mean, seriously, that pastor was not compromising by saying, I agree with this flag. No, he was agreeing with that person. That person is who needed Christ. Not necessarily with everything he may have believed, but he was there. And I think that is awesome. He didn't, that pastor wasn't compromising. He was just saying, listen, this person needs to see the love of Christ no matter what. One of the reasons why we chose against unity, Third, uh, third John speaks about it because at the, when it comes together, if everybody comes together, there has to be a, one leader. And in First John, I'm sorry, Third John, chapter one, he wrote, he writes to uh, 
Gaius. And in this, he talks about this leader called Demetrius, who holds himself in higher regard than the church and won't even let John come in there and talk to them, won't even let the letters come in. And so he says, I have much to write to you, but he can't do it in pen and ink, so he's going to do it in person. I flip it over to Jude, where you ta- where you were talking about there, uh, Justin. And Jude talks about a call to preserve. And this is Jude, Jude chapter 1, verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Right. On the flip side, a few weeks ago, you guys talked about stumbling blocks, eh? Mm-hmm. He also says to him who is able mm-hmm. to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and without and with great joy, to only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages and forevermore. Amen. They knew how to leave a, a letter, didn't they? But <laughs> yeah. um, be careful who you trust in. Yeah. Those people there will be the ones that will ultimately cause divide. Look for those that will lift you up. Look for those that will help you over your stumbling blocks, that will help you avoid them, that will help you along the way. And before we go, I also got to say, Justin, your background rocks. I just got to say. <laughs> okay, Tom, you lost 10 points. <laughs> you had to go there. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, uh, we love let's you let guys. Wayne lead us off in prayer. End us out I think yeah. this is a, a prayer send off. Yeah. Perfect. I would love to do that. Um, dear God, we are so thankful to come before you and to share and to uh, banter things around, Lord. Thank you for these men and their families and their commitment to serving you. I just pray for those that are listening, those that will listen later, Lord God, that you would speak to their hearts. Uh, and God, I pray right now for my friend Dave Stallings and his family who have been infected by this virus. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon them. Lord God, I just pray that you would help them to see a healing and that they would be able to stand up and say, God did heal me. He loved me that much that he healed me. Thank you again for the opportunity to come before you. Thank you for these guys again, Lord. And thank you for this Thursday that we can look forward to in this time. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. 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 Awesome, We'll see you guys next time. This has been Justin. This has been Mike. It's Tom. You're going to close. This has been Sully. This is Wayne. Coach. This is Coach. (laughs) All right. Uh, We love you guys. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, everyone who left comments. Uh, By the way, the conversation doesn't end here. You can leave comments on this live stream afterwards. Uh, we do read them and we get and we engage as well. All right, love you guys. Just want to flag everybody out with a picture here, guys. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways this sums up this whole episode, guys. Oh my right. gosh, I've seen that before. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, we love you guys. Uh, we will talk to you later, and we will see you on the flip side. Hello again. I hope you had a great time. 
If you ever want to reach out to that Chili Crew, you can find them on the interwebs. You can find them in the Book of Faces, a Twittering Bird, and now also on a YouTube. YouTube. Who makes up these names? Anyway, and if you want to be part of the conversation, the Chili Crew every Thursday at 7 p.m. will go live on Facebook. Especially during this time, it's great to hear from anyone. I tell you right now, the UPS man's become my new best friend. Well, I hope you all stay safe. And Lord bless you.